Welcome to the March edition of Metals Meltdown. My name is Peter Brennan, Senior Editor of Europe Metals, and I'm joined by my dream dinner companions of Christopher Davis, Head of Metals Europe, and Sebastian Lewis, Editorial Director China. Welcome, boys. Just so you know, that wasn't true. My dream dinner companions would be Harrison Ford and Richard Burton. But today you'll do, as right now, our listeners need us to discuss the steel market. Seb, there's a spreading fear in the international arena that Chinese prices are sinking. What is happening to demand? Should the world ready itself for a replay of the 2016 tanking? I think last year we had a pretty strong economy. Mm. And I think this year we should expect it to be moderating a little bit. And I would expect construction to be a bit worse. But um, I think much of that recent price decline is absolutely Trump tariffs, isn't it? Mm. Well, I mean, possibly. I think that's definitely affected the sentiment. But I think when we look at things like uh, stock levels in China have risen a little bit. Well, that's certainly true, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at inventories, inventories have been rising. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's probably difficult to argue demand's been really strong. So with the recent price declines, of course, margins have gone down a little bit. But I still think, actually, margins are still pretty decent. So, you know, in China, where margins are good, mills carry on producing, right? Yes, exactly. And that takes us on to the, the supply side, right? The crude steel production figures published yesterday by the World Steel Association, they showed that Chinese output in February was up 5.9% year on year at 64.9 million metric tonnes. So, I mean, well, the question is, what's happened to all those cuts we hear so much about? Well, I think we've seen the cuts. I mean, to be honest with you, let's wait until March comes out. So, you know, well into near the end of March. I think we'd expect to see, with margins declining a little bit, I think we should expect to see production going down a little bit. Mm. But in terms of capacity cuts, uh, well, I've got a couple of things to say. One is, yes, we saw capacity get cut, but don't forget, mills have also had a load more capacity approved as well. Mm. Zhang Jing, who's been on this podcast just a few months ago, said that last year, I think it was 50 million tonnes of new EAF capacity was approved, and this year we expect to see another 20 million tonnes that's 70 million tonnes yeah. of new capacity. So I think these supply-side cuts, you need to think of them in terms of not necessarily cutting capacity, but cutting outdated capacity to improve the quality and efficiency of the steel industry. So I'm actually not sure that it's really about seriously reducing capacity. It's about having more efficient, cheaper, better steel making out there, making better quality products. And then don't forget, I think the big thing that made the difference last year was the induction furnaces, and yes, they would have been started cutting by this time last year. But when you look back at the data, it was really uh, mid-year when all the product- induction furnace cuts had been done. And when the induction furnace cuts uh, happened, none of that production was included in the statistics, so it actually got pushed into the real statistics. Okay, this year we're up year on year. So I think there's still an element of induction furnaces in there. I think Stellantin Mills is carrying on overproducing, and that's what you're seeing with the inventories. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. And so, Chris, I think the other major worry, we've seen activity stall in markets like Europe in recent weeks. The major worry is, of course, Section 232, that whole saga. So what's the latest news on the tariffs front? Well, obviously, we've had a lot of developments in the last week. We know that last uh, Thursday, the Trump administration did exempt a number of countries, Canada, Mexico, Australia, Argentina, Brazil, and South Korea, as well as the EU, But those exemptions are temporary. They're only until May 1. We know that since then, South Korea has reached its own agreement to extend uh, its exemption past the May 1 expiration date. And they'll be doing that in exchange for a quota of about 70% of their exports to the U.S. 
over 2015 to 2017, and that's about 2.7 million metric tons a year. Mm. That's a pretty big deal. Korea was the third largest exporter to the U.S. last year. One of the things that we're looking at, though, is uh, a lot of folks in the industry, after the initial shock and awe, I guess, of the tariff plan, they've really come to terms with it. And I was at an event last week in Switzerland. It was the FT Commodity Summit. And there were a number of executives there from a lot of the big producers, BP, BHP, Anglo-American, Freeport, and a lot of the trading community, Trafigura, Glencore, Gunvor, those types of players. Many of them said that while there might be a short-term impact on metals trade, they downplayed any longer-term impact. Mm. In fact, BHP CEO Andrew McKenzie said it would be, quote, a relatively small event in retrospect. So where things may kick off, and I think this is part of the bigger picture trade, especially on things like the 301 tariffs that Trump implemented, that's going to have a much bigger, a farther-reaching impact on China. And China's retaliating with its own host of tariffs, Mm. mostly on agricultural products. So... As we know, in the EU, Germany in particular is worried that Trump will raise tariffs on European car exports to the U.S. He's upset that U.S. cars in the EU currently have a tariff of about 10 percent on them. On the other end, cars being imported into the U.S. from the EU only get about a 2.5 percent tariff. So that's the big worry. Um, Many are in the German car sector and the steelmaking sector very concerned about that. And it's a genuine concern. But I'm going to make the point here that I think... All of this might be part of a bigger master plan, a genius plan, if you will, by President Trump in the U.S. (laughs) And and why I say that is he has the opportunity now to not only negotiate NAFTA Mm. in a very short time frame, less than a month. He can renegotiate those terms with Canada and Mexico. And then he can do his own bilateral agreements with a number of countries and with the EU. And he can get those done in a very condensed period of time. Mm. So this may have been the plan all along. The tariffs may have been just an attempt to pull these other countries in to negotiate these one-off trade agreements. So I would say that this is a genius play. Wow. I think on such a controversial statement, I think we'll have to end it there. Okay, so are the Asian markets set to tank? Will the US start a trade war? Has Trump really had a genius plan? Will I ever have dinner with a celebrity? For all that and more, join us next month. Until then, stay solid.